Good morning, guys. Well, this is a uh, different perspective that I have, standing here getting to look at you guys instead of being in the back looking at Wagner. Um, but uh, we're going to have some fun today. Uh, we've now completed Job 15 and or Job 14, and it's a good time to take a look back. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get rolling. Father, thanks for these guys who have uh, given up some precious sleep. Uh, to come um, be a part of Summit this morning. So, Lord, we uh, just ask that uh, your word would go forth boldly, that uh, it would penetrate our hearts, and, Father, that it would make a difference in the way that we live, the way that we lead, in the way that we uh, um, learn your word. So, Father, be with us throughout uh, this morning. Pray for our small groups that... uh, it may be a time that uh, guys are authentic and uh, willing to be transparent with each other. And uh, we just thank you for this privilege, Father, of gathering together in a free country uh, to study your word. So thanks for this time. Son's name, amen. Come on in, guys. With Job 14, we finish the first of three cycles of speeches, so... Each one of Job's friends has had a chance to speak his piece. And, uh, you know, uh, for a bunch of guys that started pretty well, uh, uh, we've kind of wandered off uh, the right path. And so it's a great time to take a look at what Job's friends did right and what they did wrong. And uh, I think we would all agree that these guys would have benefited from somebody whispering in their ear, don't do it. And uh, I want to show you a video in just a second. Uh, now, this was a video that was done for Watermark's marriage conference. And so, um, you know, there's no one that needs comforting quite like our wives need comforting if uh, your house is anything like my house. And so uh, even though it was done for that particular occasion, the truth of the message in this little video clip is certainly pertinent to us uh, today and would have been a big help to Job's friends, so let's take a look at it. Working. You tell her to get back to work 
Gospel from Johnny and Chachi. Don't do it. Um, you know, hold that thought in your minds as we go through this morning, guys, because uh, uh, just think how many times you wish somebody was whispering in your ear, whispering in my ear, don't do it. Um, sometimes you d- just need to keep your mouth closed and let people think that you're a fool rather than opening it and removing all doubt. And that's exactly what uh, Job's friends did here. Um, and so let's take a look at uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from Job's three friends. And the, the good is captured right up front. Uh, that's in Job 2, 11 through 13. And what did they do right? Well, first, they showed up. Uh, Woody Allen says that 80% of success is showing up. And I don't know about uh, the... Uh, um, theological accuracy of that statement, but I can guarantee you that 100% of comforting starts by you listening to that little voice that says, go. And uh, I can guarantee you that you can't comfort if you stay home. So when somebody is suffering, then you just need to go. And that's one thing that they did right. And they came for the right purposes. They came to console and to comfort. And they showed compassion by weeping and mourning with Job. And they sat with him for seven days and seven nights. Now, you know, I don't know about you, but that it would be a long time to be in a hospital room. Seven days and seven nights. And they did it without saying a word because they saw what pain that Job was in. So, you know, they started well. But then their troubles began when they opened their mouths. And that takes us to the bad. And the bad was that, first of all, that they shared their own viewpoint. And they tried to fix Job instead of consoling Job. And even worse, they didn't listen to Job because Job actually gave them some great advice. Uh, If you look at Job 6.14, Job says, To the one in despair, kindness, kindness should come from his friend, even if he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Or as the New American Standard says, lest he forsake the fear of the Almighty. So kindness is... Uh, what ought to be on our lips when we're comforting. But these guys didn't even listen to Job about that. And then probably the worst thing that they did was that they misapplied truths about God and sin and suffering. 
And even though some of what they said may have been true in other circumstances, we've already had a peek behind the curtain. We know that uh, Job is, in fact, blameless, and that he is pure, and that he is righteous. And they misapply these truths that they may speak uh, against Job, and ultimately we know at the end that God will hold them accountable for having misrepresented him. So let's take a look at this slide where we've summarized uh, what these guys have done. So you can see that uh, uh, they each had things to say about God, sin, and suffering. And, you know, the God one, they got pretty right. Um, God does great and unsearchable things, Eliphaz said. And Bildad said that uh, he doesn't pervert justice or um, doesn't pervert what's right. And Zophar said, can we find out the perfection of the Almighty? Can we comprehend the perfection of the Almighty? You know, check, check, check. They did pretty good on that. And on sin, they said, no one's righteous before God. Well, that's true as a general statement. We know that from uh, Romans 3.23, that there is none righteous. And uh, uh, yet here we know that Job is without sin. And the, the other guys say the same thing. Uh, Bildad says, if your children sinned, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. Now, is that something you're going to go use as a comforting, uh, comforting words with a guy who's just lost his kids? I don't think so. And we've heard Job say that he wished he'd never been born, and so Zophar weighs in with the great words that, uh, well, you know, the uh, eyes of the wicked fail and their one uh, last hope is to, to breathe their last. Again, things that I don't think that uh, you want to use as uh, your comforting verses uh, when you comfort uh, folks. So they started kind of sliding into some uh, trouble there. And when they got over to the suffering side of life, you could see they really started missing the mark because here Job's suffering had nothing to do with sin, but had everything to do with Satan simply testing uh, Job to see if he would curse God. Okay, so we've got the good, we've got the bad, and now we really get off into the deep end when we transition into the ugly. Because these guys completely forgot why they were there. And, you know, if you're ever in a situation when you're comforting a friend and you start thinking, you know, well, I really need to straighten this guy out. I mean, what he's saying about God just isn't right. Well, that's when you need to remember Johnny and Chachi and just think, don't do it. It's not the time, it's not the place. Uh, last week, Wagner talked about uh, Romans 12:15 and about how, you know, we need to uh, mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. That's why you're there, to comfort them. And as the ugly side comes out, we see these guys totally lose their focus and that now they're uh, um, off into what today we'd call trash talk. And so uh, take a look at this slide. And you can see on the trash talk scale in the NFL, uh, um, Eliphaz probably wouldn't even rate. Um, if someone should re- attempt a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can refrain from speaking? And what he's in essence saying is that, hey, uh, we've got to say something because what you said just isn't right. Uh, but Bildad tees it up a little better here. He says, how long will you speak these things, seeing that the words of your mouth are like a great wind? Okay, well, that still may not register in the NFL, but uh, um, for uh, the patriarch's time, it's starting to get a little better. And then Zophar, whose name means rough or chirper, um, he's probably the toughest guy of the bunch. 
And he says, should not this abundance of words be answered? Or should this talkative man be vindicated? Will your idle talk reduce people to silence? And will no one rebuke you when you mock? In essence, he says, hey, what you've just said is so stupid, it's just caused us to stand silent in front of you. And then he goes on to say, but an empty man, or uh, literally a fool, will become wise. In other words, he's saying to Job, hey, pal, you're such a fool that you're going to be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a human being. So, you know, we're starting to uh, get with it a little bit. But Job himself has some things to say back to these guys. And you see in uh, Job 13:5, where he says, If only you would keep completely silent. For you, that would be wisdom. Um, you know, uh, Job can uh, uh, fight fire with fire with these guys. But what's the cure for this sort of uh, dialogue in a comforting situation? Well, it's really our memory verse for today. Uh, Ephesians 4.29. Let's put that slide up there. And let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And you see that that verse is totally focused on your hearer, not focused on you at all. And you see that it really sets forth a three-part test for evaluating what you're saying. That it be good for edification, that it be uh, good according to the need of the moment, and that it will give grace to those who hear. And so, in closing, um, I want to give you three points when you're called on to comfort, that you show up, just like uh, Job's friends did. When that little voice says, go, you need to go. And then when you, after you've shown up, then you need to speak up. And what do you speak? You, you listen to Job 6.14 and you do what Job said. And you give comfort to those who are in despair. You speak words of kindness. So show up, speak up, and then if your words don't pass the three-part test of Ephesians 4:29 then you need to shut up. So show up, speak up and show up and shut up. And remember that little video. Remember Johnny and Chachi and when you're tempted to try to straighten out one of your buddies who's ailing, just remember don't do it. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, you told us that your word is alive and powerful. Lord, we know that it's good for edification. We know that your word meets the needs of the moment. And ultimately, Father, your words give grace to all who hear. So, Lord, uh, uh, teach us to uh, hide your word in our hearts, that we might not sin against you, and that to friends who are suffering, that we might provide words of comfort. And so uh, be with our groups this morning, Father, that we might speak uh, wholesome words to each other, that we might uh, uh, build up and edify and give grace to each other. So thanks for this time, and uh, Father, thanks for this food we're about to have. And bless uh, both um, us and our uh, food to your service, Lord, that we might walk in a way that's pleasing to you. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen.